Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. Prepare to be transformed by God's undiluted word. Romans chapter 8. Let's read two scriptures there. Remember, I, I did say to us at the beginning of this, we're going to read scriptures. And I want us to go back home and read those scriptures. And everybody among us, there is none among us that is, you know, sometimes... It used to be that we'll teach some things and then we'll say, yeah, if everybody doesn't understand, it's okay. So as long as some people understand, no, that's not okay. Everybody needs to get it so that we can be on this journey together. Romans 8, verse 32. When we read this scripture this morning, I want you to remember, before we read it, remember John three sixteen, When the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he did what? God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave us his only begotten son. So the Bible now, with that at the back of our minds, Romans 8.32 now says, He that spared not his own son, which we saw him giving in John chapter 3, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You've read me read the scripture many times because this becomes the core of our faith. We know this God that gave his son. Why did he give his son? Because he loved and that's the reason as well, because I know his love for me is the reason anything else will be done that God ever does. He that gave and spared not his son, how shall he not also with him freely give us all things? What's the point I'm making here this morning? God loves you. <laughs> Verse 38 of that same Romans that we're reading. Let's read, let's read it together a little bit. It says, for I am persuaded... And I, and, I, and I pray that you'll be persuaded like this. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor, power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depth, nor any creatures shall be able to separate us from the love of God. And he says that love is in Christ Jesus. We talked about this when we were teaching in the Bible study. He said that love is secured. It is insured in Christ Jesus. He says there is nothing that separates us from the love of God. You know, sometimes we look at, you can look at your children and tell a lie and say, if you, if you do this, Jesus will not love you anymore. That's a lie. How many parents say such things to their children? It's a lie. The Bible says here, it says, I am persuaded that none of these things can separate. <laughs> if you understand what he's talking about there, it's, it's this, we and the love of God, we are so intertwined that none of these things can separate us from the love of God. If I come to a place in my life and in your life where it's time to believe God for anything, I want you to do something for me. Don't base the reason why it's going to happen on how long you've prayed. Don't base it on how many scriptures you've confessed, um, how many pastors have prayed for you. Base it, my friends, on the one thing that can never shift the one thing that I am persuaded that nothing can separate us from, the love of God. And that love made him give Jesus. And this scripture here tells us, if he spared not his son, what then? Let me, let me say something here before I go to number three. By giving Jesus, God is already committed to project you. You know, project you. God is already committed to it all things are on the table. He gave Jesus already. There is nothing else that is not on offer. By giving Jesus, 
He has already stepped into project you. He can't step out of it anymore. That's why the Bible says nothing shall be able to separate you. God is love, but that's not the full story. That love is towards us. That's the fullness of the story. Oh, my God. Everybody say with me this morning, God is good. Say God is love. God loves me inseparably. Ah, if you understand that, faith becomes natural. Number three, let me move on. Number three, we said number one is that God is good. Number two is that God is, God is love. Number three, God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. He is primarily faithful to his word. He's not so much faithful to any other thing, things we say, things we think. Maybe we think, if I, if, I, if I have this opinion, then God will say, okay, because they have that opinion that is primarily faithful to his word. Let me read two scriptures to us. James, James 1, verse 17. Everybody look there. James chapter 1, verse 17. God is faithful. These are the things we know. That when we come to the place of prayer and we're standing in faith, these things are lined up there. God is good. God is love. That love is towards me. God is faithful. <laughs> James chapter 1, verse 17. The Bible says, every good... Every, is everybody there? I don't want to read before you are there. Just look at it. Every good and perfect gift is from above. When we were in Nigeria, you read this scripture and say, every good and perfect gift is from abroad. <laughs> every good and perfect gift, the Bible says, is from above. And comment down... From the Father of light, and then he describes God this way. He says, with him there is no variableness. With him there is no shadow of turning. You, you know what it means? See, see that light this morning is, is coming towards here, and because of it there is a shadow up there. If you change the direction of all these lights, the direction of the shadow also changes. So, if my confidence was in that shadow is there and I depend on that, then they change the light and then the shadow moves to somewhere else. Ah, it's no longer there. That's what this scripture is saying. It says when it comes to God, there is no variableness. There is no shadow that is shifting around. <laughs> Numbers 23, verse 19. Let me take the liberty to read that verse to us from the easy to read version. I like that one. Verse 19, Numbers 23, it was the prophet Balaam that God used to bring this to us. Balaam said, God is not a man. He will not lie. Somebody said with me this morning, he will not lie. <laughs> oh, you, you, you remember like, like we were singing this morning, remember how our God has never failed us. <laughs> he says, God is not a man. He will not lie. God is not a human being. His decisions will not change. You notice, even me as a pastor here, I change my decisions very, very often. Sometimes the decisions last only one week. And I say, I changed my mind. Somebody say, but pastor, you told us this last week, I changed my mind. That's why I am a man. I have a right, I don't have a right to lie, but I have a right to change my mind. But God says, no, I don't give myself that liberty. Oh, good God. He says his decisions will not change. He says if he says he will do something, then he will do it. If, if God helps you, 
and you believe that about God. You are in a much better position than somebody who can quote 20 scriptures. You just have a revelation of that. If God says he will do something, my friends, he will do it. If he makes a promise, it goes on, then he will do what he promised. This is what Abraham knew that we read in Romans 4, where he said, Abraham was convinced that faithful is it that promised, who also will do it. Abraham knew that. He knew that this God is faithful. Faithful. Abraham said, I was alone in my country, and he told me to leave, and it was a dangerous situation, but I trusted in him, and I left, and he has shown himself faithful. I know him that he's faithful. The, the problem is, can I get him to promise? But if he ever said anything, he will do it. That's God this morning, my friends. God is good. I said, God is good. God is love. God is faithful. <laughs> Let me move on very quickly. Oh, I like this, this fourth one. Things, there are many things you could say about God, but I found these five things can become the anchor for your soul when you come before the Lord. Number four, God is generous. <laughs> God is generous. I said God is generous. <laughs> uh, James chapter 1. Let's read that. I'll read that from the King James Bible. I'll read it from the Amplified as well. James chapter 1 verse 5. I'm trusting God as I'm speaking this morning. A revelation of God. A picture of God. Uh, a moral of God is being painted in the front of everybody. That you come out of this place this morning and oh, you are, you are taller than you've ever been. Because you, you carry an image of God inside you. James chapter 1 verse 5. It says, If any lack wisdom, let him ask of God. This God that we're talking about this morning. So let him ask of God. It says that God that giveth to all. <laughs> it says, but when he is given, there is something that is always a, it's, it's a label that when, when somebody has given something, and they said, who gave this thing? We don't know who gave it. There is a label we're looking for on it that if we find that label, we know it was God. It says when God is the one giving, he gives liberally. The word liberally there means bountifully. Bountifully. And the Bible goes on to say that he does not upbraid. You know what that word upbraid means? We... And as a pastor as well, I like to put it this way. I like to say to you, for example, that if you, are not a, if you are not a serious Christian and you don't come to church, God will not give things to you. I like to say that so that you can be serious. But it's not true. No, it's not true. The Bible says here that when, when his nature is bountiful. He says he giveth to all men bountifully and he does not upbraid. You know, up to upbraid is to... Maybe I've been waiting for the day that I can, I can really say my mind to you. And then one day, you need something that I have. And then you come to me and say, can, can I please, um, can you please do this for me? I say, yeah, today is the day. Then I give you a piece of my mind before I do. And because you need what I want to do for you, you, you just keep quiet as I'm giving you a piece of my mind. Are, are you with me? That's upbraiding. The Bible says God does not do that. God does not do that. He says he gives to all men bountifully. 
I, I pray that God will paint the picture of himself differently in your soul this morning. Let's read this scripture from, from the Amplified Bible, verse 5. It says, if any of you is deficient of wisdom, let him ask of the giving God. I love that. That's how the Amplified calls him there. He says, let him ask of the giving God. Who gives to every man liberally and ungrudgingly without reproaching or fault finding? And it will be given to him. The way God does his giving is bountiful. You know that story in John chapter 6 where Jesus fed 5,000? Let's go there and read a couple of things there. And then we'll mark a couple of things in our Bibles as well. John chapter 6, verse 12. God is generous, my friends. And I, I began to learn. Look, I'll say this to you. If, if I'm trying to be like God, because I, I learned now that God is generous. And you know that your, the gift you give speaks about you. Do you people know that? Church is quiet. I said what you give speaks about you. If you are the next person that God breathes upon me to bless you, you will know that something hits you. <laughs> because I found when God walks he walks bountifully so John chapter 6 verse 12 the Bible says when they were filled so all these people had eaten so mark in your Bible were filled they were full everybody had eaten until their stomachs were bulging so nobody can say I'm hungry everybody was full then Jesus said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together, and they filled 12 baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over and above. My friend, is that generous? I mean, if I was God, and I'm the person in the kitchen of everywhere, they're cooking the bread, and the, we say, okay, count all of them. Like, like when we wanted to... to provide lunch for everybody in church. I was not like God. They said, um, I say count, 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 count. How many? Pack it. I don't want extra. Don't count it. Count it. Everybody. But that's not how God does it. That's not God. God. What God did there, God knew how many of them were there. God knew how much all of them can eat. And then they said, let's put a safety factor on it. You understand what I'm talking about there? Uh, we, we need 500 kilograms of bread to feed all these people. Make it a thousand. <laughs> that's, that's how God operates. Not say, how, can, we, can we squeeze out a little? I tell you something, if God ever gets the freedom to do exactly what's on his mind in your life, no one in the Bible says, eyes have not seen. Human eyes can't see. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal that level to us where God wants to operate. No wonder the Bible tells us that, that beyond what we can ask, think, or imagine. I tell you something. We've not seen the best of our God. But the days are here, my friends, when we begin to get a revelation of him. And that revelation of him begin to prepare us to see the best of our God. God is generous. I said God is generous. <laughs> my Bible, I marked in verse 12, they were filled. Then in verse 13, I marked over and above. So to be filled is just enough. But that's not where God stops. He always, that's his nature. 
He gives liberally. He puts a mark to say, I was the one that did this. It was me. <laughs> and every time it was really me and it was fully me, it wouldn't be just enough. <clears throat> Over and above. Number five. Last one for this morning. What was my number one? Number two? Three? Four? Generous. Number five, God is able. <laughs> God is able. First Corinthians 2 and in verse 4. The Bible says, and my speech, First Corinthians 2 verse 4, everybody go there. Let me wait. I, sometimes I'm too quick to, to read this thing. First Corinthians 2 and in verse 4. God is able. God is able. It says, and my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but they were in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. It says that your faith, in verse 5, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but that your faith will stand in the power of God. The ability, I mean, power, they tell us actually even in physics and all that, power is the ability to do. In anything, power is the ability to do. And our faith, my friends, must stand in the power of God. Psalm 62, verse 11. David speaking here, he says, God has spoken once. He says, twice have I heard this, that power, <laughs> oh, power belongs. That is, the ability to do. I said God is able. The ability to do belongs to God. Second Timothy 3 verse 5. Bible was describing some kind of Christians that I pray God we will not be those kind of Christians. It says this kind of Christians, I tell you from the beginning of that chapter, it was describing the, in the last days, it says there will be perilous days. It says the love of many will wax gold, all kinds of things. Then it got to verse 5 and it says there will be these Christians, they will have a form of godliness but they will deny the power that belongs in godliness. Any, any gospel that we preach that has no power to it is not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel of Jesus, my friends, is a doing gospel. Any gospel that we preach that does not speak about the delivering power, the transforming power of, of the gospel is not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, he says, this kind of Christians actually ask us to turn away from them. He says, if you ever find me as your pastor, becoming a pastor, who it's only, I'm just talking theories. I come every day and I can quote 20 scriptures and I can tell you theories and theories. But I, when it comes to the point of, okay, let's demonstrate the power that is in that scripture. We say, actually, you see, the days of the apostles have gone. These days, he says, they deny the power thereof. You know what they used to say in the days of Paul? They said the resurrection is past. The power that raised Jesus from the dead, those kind of operations have gone. Paul said, no way. I said to us this morning, let's become a church that is expectant of the things that happen only when the power of God comes into operation. Can I get an amen to that? that we, 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 for example, we've been believing God for our own building for some time. And this is the way I've been praying of late. We've, we've prayed and believed God for this so long 
when it happens, it will be supernatural. It won't just be all that, okay, we finally were able to, no, there will be supernatural elements of it. Our faith is not in our ability to plan, to save, to do whatever. It's in the power of God. Somebody still with me this morning? <laughs> oh, I say our God is able. He says this people, they have a form of godliness. They speak every other thing in scriptures. They, they live right. They do this. They talk about heaven. They talk about everything. But when it comes to the power, the Bible says there is power thereof. There is no godliness. There has no power to it. If there is sickness in your body in this service this morning, how do we say we're serving this God if I then finish this service and I send you home and there is no hope whatsoever that that sickness can leave your body because there is the power of God in this service? In the past, I used to think that if, if, God, if God is going to heal in the service, then it would be a service that we called it a healing service and then I speak about the healing scriptures and then God will heal. That was ignorance. Who says we are the ones that release God to do what he wants to do? Every time God comes to the service before we came and started talking our stuff, he had his plan. So if I come and I begin to talk about something, it does not change what God wants to do. So even in this service this morning, what we're speaking about, having faith in God, covers anything. Whatever somebody has brought to this service this morning, as I speak right now, the power of God is walking here. We believe in the power of God. Our faith does not stand in the wisdom of men, stands in the power of God. A lot of the things that hinder us in our lives are not things that your wisdom can deal with. They're not things you can deal with in your own power. They're things that you need God for. And God, I think God is happy when we get to those points where we can help ourselves. Because then it's all about him. Matthew 19 verse 26. Matthew 19 26, this is Jesus himself was talking. They said, ah, it's God so difficult. It's not possible. How can we make it to heaven? But Jesus beheld them and he said unto them, with men, this is impossible. He says, but with God, all things are possible. That same encounter that Matthew delivers for us in Matthew 19, Luke reports the same thing in Luke 18, but I like the way Luke puts it. Let's read it. Luke 18, verse 27, the same encounter, but Luke reports it um, with, with the, a different use of literature. Luke 18, verse 27, he said, the things which are impossible with men are possible with God. I like that because maybe there is somebody in the house this morning that is dealing with something that they said is impossible with men. So Luke tells us those things that are impossible with men, the Bible says they are possible with God. Mm. Luke chapter 1 verse 36, it says, And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, this is, this is Jesus, as it was, Mary and Jesus as he was going to be born. It says, Behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And I love this. It says, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Then it says in verse 37, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. You know when they call it, call it impossible. It says, this is the sixth month with her that was called barren. All things are possible, my friends, when we begin to put our faith, not in the wisdom of men, we begin to put our faith in the power of God. He said, you, you, you can never have a child again. Proclaimed, finished, done and dusted. And then they come. 
and it's a six-month pregnancy. <laughs> and then they said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I tell you, my friends, we've never known God like we should know him. And that's the reason why we've never had results in faith like we should have. I beseech you, in the words of scriptures, therefore, brethren, I beg you, apply yourself to seeing God. Because if you see him as he really is, oh, walking by faith becomes for us like fish in water. Becomes our nature. If you know him, you will begin to delight in his word. I'm closing. Five stones, please come. Somebody that knows that song very well. You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. That's all we're going to sing. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. And because of who you are, I am who I am. Let me close, say a couple of statements and I want you to think about. Listen to this. Don't be distracted. Even live stones as well. Listen to this. If you know him, you will delight in his word. When you delight in his word, the word will speak to you. When it speaks to you, you will find God's own faith in the word. I'll say that all over again. I'm throwing that at the end of my message this morning into the room for us to begin to think about. In the coming weeks, I'm not sure next week or the week after, I'll begin to pick up on it a little bit more. But I'll put it out there today. If you know him, like the him we just described now, this good, loving, faithful, generous, able God, if you know him, you will delight in his word. When you delight in it, it will speak to you. We've been reading a lot that has not been talking to us. When you delight in it, it will speak to you. When it speaks to you, you will find God's own faith in it. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing. You hear it, it speaks to you. When it speaks to you, then you find God's own faith in his word. But the journey begins from I know him. Thank you for listening to this message. Please hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes. For questions, please send an email to Pastor Mo at thestonechurchberlin.com. God bless you.